Pentecost, the birthday of the Church. Considered by any theologian the third of the great feasts of the Church, along with Christmas and Easter, the Spirit descending on the Apostles and the Blessed Mother 50 days after the resurrection, the tongues of flame, the driving wind, the unifying force, the beginning of the Church. So significant, and yet we can forget about it. We can forget about this day. I don't know why. Maybe because the folks in Wall Street haven't figured out a way to, to market tongues of fire. It doesn't rival Christmas with the presents or Easter with the candy. But I bet you somebody's working on it. Then maybe the world will sit up and take notice. But probably not. Because we can forget about the breeze too, right? Until we miss it. Until it is no longer there. When the air becomes stagnant. How wonderful it is for us that I can see outside right now the the cool breeze of a spring day comes through our homes. To feel that breath changes everything. When it's closed in, stagnates. When it's closed in, filtered and sterile. How great it is to live with windows open. Last week, our presenter at the Presbyteral Assembly, Monsignor Andrew Baker, gave us a presentation on the sixth edition of the Program for Priestly Formation. One of my buddies, another priest of the diocese, said, I think this is going to be the worst presbyteral assembly ever. Who wants to study the sixth edition of the Program for Priestly Formation? What is the Program for Priestly Formation? Anyways, long story short, it's the guide for how to go about seminary formation. But my buddy has a good point. We're all priests. We don't have to go through seminary. Why do we care? I think Monsignor Baker knew it. So he asks AI, what is the sixth edition of the program for priestly formation? And you'd been amazed at the response. He read a few lines of it for us. That alone got my buddy to sit up and take notice. He's like, oh, this does sound kind of important. But it was missing something. It was a good answer. There was nothing technically wrong about it, but like stagnant and sterile air, it was missing something. Monsignor Baker, over the course of the next three days, unpacked why this mattered, what this was all about, not just for future seminarians, not just for those who were ordained yesterday in Ogdensburg, but for all the priests and all the people of God. He let the Spirit move through the presentations. His presentation was alive. Yesterday, we had three new clerics of the Diocese of Ogdensburg, two new deacons who on this very morning are preaching for the very first time. Actually, one already did so uh, at the cathedral with none other than Bishop Lavallee sitting in the sanctuary. 
Deacon Carter Pierce will preach shortly. I'm going to try to get over to Hubleton for his. And then our dear now father, Lucas Gruber, will be celebrating Mass for the first Sunday over in Potsdam at 2 o'clock. All three preachers will have what every preacher has a temptation to do. Use some stock material. Homilies.com. You'd be amazed at what you can find. But it's stagnant and it's sterile. Instead, the preaching of the word, when led by the Spirit, is to be alive. I'm sure that none of us, no preacher, hits the bullseye every time, but the desire is there. And with that openness of heart, we allow the Holy Spirit to come through, please God, with the openness of heart of the congregation, a receptivity. For it's not just AI. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that works right here and right now. Facebook. Many of us live by it these days, that and other forms of social media. I used to, years back, I don't know, 1,500 friends on Facebook. Now I only go there once a week to post a homily. But others do lesser things. Last week I got a notice from a friend, Father, someone uh, posted something on your Facebook page that you don't want. It's a very uh, inappropriate video. Someone else had their account hacked and that hacked account posted something on my page. But even in the best of circumstances, the videos, the pictures, the vacations, the meals that are posted on social media, it's not the same, is it? How often have we had a friend go on vacation, post the videos, and we feel as though we've seen it. We feel as though we've experienced it, and so we don't talk about it. If do we do so, we fail to engage the human person. If we've posted something and we feel as though that's it, I'm done with that, we've failed to have an opportunity to engage the other. Jesus does not just send a memo. He doesn't just post that I am risen, that I have sent the Spirit. He comes into their midst and breathes on them. Receive the Holy Spirit, person to person, face to face. Anything else is stagnant and stale. It is a real encounter, this Pentecost. Body and soul, the church is, the faith always is. It's not just about pixels, and it's not just about good intentions. It is physical and spiritual. Those three great feasts, right? All three of them are. On Christmas Day, he was really born in Bethlehem. He came to dwell among us. It wasn't just a nice hallmark movie that we celebrate. It was real, born in the flesh. On Easter Sunday, it was not just that his cause continued and that his apostles went out and spread his teachings through the world. The man who died on the cross three days later rose from the dead body and soul. And so it is with Pentecost. It is not that we celebrate 
a spiritual reality, but a religious reality, body and soul, coming together with our brothers and sisters and being infused with the gift of the Holy Spirit that we might have life and share it with the world. Spiritual but not religious has no spot on this day. But with real flesh and real blood, given the real spirit so that those apostles could go out and that we can as well. The speaking of tongues we hear of from the Acts of the Apostles, that's the flashpoint. It is the undoing of Babel. Remember the Tower of Babel when the languages were divided? Now with the coming of the Holy Spirit, those from all lands who had traveled to Jerusalem had come together. They heard the apostles speaking in one language. Babel. We know the word well, even if we don't know the scriptures. Children, those little voices, they babble, don't they? It's a wonderful thing. We love to hear their sounds. But as they grow, they become unified. We, if led by the Spirit, become unified. My oldest niece will turn 14 years old this Wednesday. Her name is Grace. And so a dozen years ago, we took delight in grace, learning grace, the grace before meals. I still remember the whole family gathered around the table. Dad was still alive. And we all made the sign of the cross, and we all watched and said it with her. Bless us, O Lord, these thy gifts, which we are allowed to receive. She did better than that, but she was slowly coming along. For my bounty through Christ our Lord. It was so sweet. And yet, my father stopped afterwards and said, I'm sorry, what was that? We said, what? The priest. I'm a priest at the time. I said, what do you mean? We were just saying grace. So I thought we were praying to God, and it sure looked like we were praying to grace. Oh. That changed something in our family. We also stood up and took notice. We pray this day, not just to put on a good show, not just to get all the words right, but that the Holy Spirit may lead us and unite us, young and old, rich and poor. The whole list, all the divisions in our world, can be united on this day with this Spirit. And so we pray, come. Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. When we pray this prayer, we can expect beauty. We can expect goodness. We can expect truth to unify. Ask for it. Pray for it. And expect that spirit to be fully alive.